In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. But Mike used to say, don't judge what you don't know about me based on what you do know about yourself. From men in the arena, it's Equipping Men in 10. Our conviction is to call you into the arena of manhood, call you out of the faceless, nameless bleachers, and call you up to be the best version of you. Because when a man gets it, everyone wins. Enjoy today's episode. Men in the Arena Army. We salute you. Hey, guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men in the Arena podcast. I'm Jim Ramos. This is Equipping Men in 10. I'm here with my co-host, Dale Culver. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing really good. Hey, do you got a man law? I do, and I I'm, I stole this one from Reggie Campbell as well, another uh, thing he said. And he said, don't think you can love someone that you judge. And that's that. Uh, I had a conversation with my wife about that, and I, and I told her, you know, I'm sorry if I've ever done that. Uh, to you, but uh, when you judge them, so you just, how could you really truly love them? Yeah, he talked about in that, but this is the book, What Radical Husbands Do, and Reggie talks about accepting your wife over loving your wife. Like, you need to accept her. You can love her, but if you don't accept her, you're not loving her. Mm-hmm. And so that's the judgment part that you're coming in, so that's really good, man. So, hey, I want to get into the meat of the podcast and I just uh, tell a story about something that happened just the other day. I was pulling up in my driveway, and our next-door neighbor had a friend in the yard there, and she used to be our Starbucks barista. So I said, hey, how you doing? She goes, oh, hey, how are you? How's your wife? I saw she had a birthday, blah, blah. Then she said something that really struck me. She said, you two are the perfect Facebook couple. And I laughed. I said, man, if you saw what our marriage was really like, you might not say that, you know, because all she sees is our social media marriage. And social media is a liar. It's a place where we put our best foot forward. It's the highlight film. And it's it's kind of a micro view into our life, but it's not reality. It's it's not that people purposefully lie on Facebook and social media, but they just want people to see their best version and not the ugly side of life. And so I learned this a couple of years ago, many years ago now, I was having dinner probably in 2001 with a guy named Mike Iaconelli. Uh Iaconelli to me was iconic. He's the founder of Youth Specialties, which is an international organization that trains and equips youth workers from around the globe. And Mike, in my opinion is one of the fathers of vocational ministry. Uh, his passionate proclamation of God's word uh, and and his just kind of authentic style just made him uh, just a goal for me that night was to have him as my mentor. And so I, I said, hey, I want to buy you dinner. He's in town doing a conference. I took him out to dinner. And now you need to realize, if, if you don't remember who Mike Iaconelli is, he had this long 
disheveled hair. He had a beard back when beards were not cool, and he had those glasses that got dark and he walked into the room. So he did not look like a youth worker at all. He wasn't cool-dressed. He lived in Wairika. He was pastoring as a volunteer. The smallest-growing church in America is what he laughed about. But as I met with him, he drank glass after glass after glass of wine and told his story of brokenness and and poor decisions and his struggle uh, spiritually. And he keep kept running up my bill, and, and I'm watching this guy going, man, this guy— has got issues. Uh, he was in the middle of finishing a book uh, called Messy Spirituality, which came out. And at one point in the conversation, he probably looked in my young eyes and he finally said, you know what? I don't think I'm the guy to mentor you. And I thought, yeah, you're absolutely right. But he said something that was really interesting. I've heard him say this numerous times. Mike ended up dying in 2003. He was moving his uh, father-in-law from his home in Medford down to the Yaconelli home in in Wairika, California, and Mike mysteriously veered off the road, hit a tree head on, or a, a lamp light post head on, and died. So we don't know what happened, what caused it. We just know he died just shortly after my meeting with him. But Mike used to say, Don't judge what you don't know about me based on what you do know about yourself. And that led me to something in Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 through 5. We see what I think is the most out of context quoted scriptures in the entire Bible. Let me read it to you. Do not judge or you will not be ju- or you too will be judged for in the same way that you judge others you will be judged and with the measure you use it will be measured to you why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eyes and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye how can you say to your brother let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye you hypocrite First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. I want to take a different perspective on this verse in lieu of today's equipping. Iaconelli's statement made me think about this. We often judge what we do not know in somebody else based on what we do know about ourselves. And I think sometimes we are our own worst critic. We are our own... Uh, we are the biggest judges against ourselves. We are self-condemning people because we see the world based on social media lies, and we judge our life based on what we see on social media, and it's not true. In fact, when Shannon and I got married, we got married around the same time, about 10 or 12 other couples, mostly Christian couples, got married, and our marriage was the worst by far. We talked to these couples, oh, we're so in sync, and we never fight. My wife and I Fought almost every day, and in fact, I still do fight. Very often we have discussions that are loud. And uh, we thought, man, we're, our marriage is in trouble. 27 years later, I'm married to my best friend. We still have a very high-maintenance marriage. Anybody who knows us will tell us that, tell you that. But we're better than ever. What happened to all those marriages back in the day? Almost all of these couples, many, many, many of these couples, I would say eight of the 12, are have been divorced for years and on their second and third marriages. Loving Shanna is the toughest and greatest thing I've ever done. And she would tell you the same about me because marriage is difficult. Are we the perfect couple? No. Do we have a perfect marriage? No. Let me tell you about the truth of marriage. The truth is that no marriage is perfect. There are no perfect couples. Marriages, I hate to tell you, Hollywood, are not built on chemistry, social media, or falling in love happily ever after. They are built on rising into love through pure grit, hard work, and choosing to love your wife as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for you. 
If you are looking at any marriage as an example, let me caution you on two things. First, guys, listen. Do not judge what you don't know about that couple based on what you do know about your marriage. You don't know what happens behind closed doors. You don't know the state of their heart. Second, there is no easy way to make a great marriage. It's hard work. If your marriage is not hard work, I wonder if you're working hard on your marriage. It isn't meant, it being marriage, is not meant to make you happy. It is meant to make you holy, to draw closer to Christ through being Christ your wife. So lean into marriage with your eyes wide open, a heart that is willing, and hands that are ready to work. I hope that helps you today in your marriage journey, guys. Hey, while you're at it, head on over to meninarena.org. Grab a free electronic version of my 365-day bathroom book for men. When you do that, we'll add you to our equipping blast that goes out to men all over the country. And also head on over to Facebook. Get involved in our forum for men. If you don't like Facebook, head on over to our website. We have a phenomenal forum for men that's new and smaller and growing. Guys, And I want to remind you that we are a crowdfunded ministry. We are a ministry that exists to help men to be their vet best version in Christ. Because of our great financial champions, we are able to freely offer this podcast, uh, our electronic resources to men who are active military, missionaries, men in underdeveloped nations, and to do many, many other, th- other things for free because of a great team like you. And you can find out how to support this great ministry at meninarena.org. Until next time, feel the wet sand on the arena floor. Hear the deafening roar of the crowd. Taste the sweetness of victory. Smell the stench of battle. Get in the game. Get dirty. Love your bride. Grind it out. And be a man. Equipping men in 10 from Men in the Arena. If you hunger to be your best version, join us with thousands of men from around the world in one of our Men in the Arena forums. Join the forums on either Facebook or on the website at meninthearena.org. While you're on our website, remember to pick up your free electronic version of Jim's Bathroom Book for Men, The Field Guide. Thank you for listening to this episode of Equipping Men in 10 from Men in the Arena. Remember, when a man gets it, everyone wins. What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men for around the world and find out the type of dad you are.